Places, Philip and Lucinda, places. I love you, Lucinda. I love you too, Philip. Isn't this exciting? What a fabulous turnout for the Kingston edition of the Philip and Lucinda radio show. I've always wanted to do this. You know what they say. We have a face for radio, and that's a compliment, dear. It is now time for the Philip and Lucinda radio show, brought to you by generic brand canned hams. Now here comes the couple that puts the ham in ham radio, Philip and Lucinda! Philip. And I'm Lucinda. And together, we're We're Philip and Lucinda, featuring Lucinda and Philip. And And welcome to the Philip and Lucinda radio show. Tonight's featured guest is local legend Barry Ewan. (gasps) He is a little late. Usually our special guest has arrived before we introduce them. Ah, here he is. Be a dear and let him in. Yes, Lucinda. This the Philip and Lucinda radio show? Yes. You, Lucinda? No, I'm Philip. Whatever. I've got a big delivery for one the Philip and Lucinda radio show. Sign here. You're not our special guest. That would be me. Ah, it's Barry Ewan. Sorry I'm late, but I was delayed by a charming little soiree on Aberdeen Street. I gave the valet my keys and he parked my car up in a tree. Had a devil of a time getting it down again. Ah, I see we're branching out to include local humor now. Well, you're in Kingston. You need to stick with what works. Would you say it's the root of most of your jokes? Oh, yeah, I've got a trunk full of them. Have you ever wanted to leave those jokes behind? Oh, I would never do that. Why not? You would be considered bush league. Oh, Barry, I can tell this show's going to be a lot of fun. So, while we get underway... Can you do us a favor? Sure. Can you find out what the delivery guy just dropped off as we introduce the first act? Well, I'm best known for delivering tunes with my four-man trio, but uh, I believe I can deliver the information you're looking for. Anything to help my good friends, Philip and Lucinda? Are you ready, Lucinda? I'm ready, Philip. Take it away, announcer. Being an undercover agent means the face you wear isn't your own. It means your name isn't your name. It just goes with the face. However, even secret agencies need a public face, and ours is a lovely one. We call that face Lucinda. These are her adventures. The adventures of the lovely Lucinda Lovely Secret Agent. 
was a normal day at the secret agency of secrets. As their secretary, I was fulfilling my public duties. Filing my nails, nailing my files, and failing at nihilism. To an outside observer, I was just a crazy lady with a hammer at Starbucks laughing about Nietzsche. That's when the chief rolled by. In a perambulator. The chief was in full disguise as a bouncing baby boy. What a professional, I thought, as I watched him pour a dram of cognac into his milk bottle. As he rolled past me, he passed me a note with a movie ticket and a message. Agent Lovely, Carl at Concessions is handing over a top-secret Swedish microfish. Obtain and destroy Swedish fish, but avoid counter-agent maximum scruff. The code word is milk dud. It looks like it was time for me to move from the sedentary secretary life to the secret secretary life. Lovely Lucinda Lovely, secret agent. <gasps> but I host a popular radio variety show. I needed to disguise myself in the only way I knew how. As a tough-talking dame from the 1940s. A broad like me wants what every dame wants. She wants to see justice. She wants to see the bad guys go down and the good guys come up. And thanks to the chief's movie ticket, she wants to see a 2 p.m. matinee. I arrive at the theater. They were advertising a marathon of Swedish filmmaker Ingmar Bergman. I knew this was the place I would find Carl at concessions and the Swedish microfiche. The cinema was a relic from days gone by, but it still had its charms. One of them being a ticket taker in the little booth outside of the theater. I flashed my ticket. He nodded that I was free to enter. I decided to press my luck. Seen any scruffy individuals today? Lots. We're an independent movie theater that is dedicating an entire day to the oeuvre of Swedish filmmaker Ingmar Bergman. I rush into the theater. I couldn't let counter-agent Maximum Scruff get to the fish first. I scanned the scene for scandals, and just like that, I slanded on the Swede at the concession stand. Milk dud, I said to Carl behind the counter. He slid me a yellow box and asked me if I wanted popcorn, too. No, you misheard me. Milk dud. Carl's brow furrowed in perplexity as he slid another box of chocolates across the counter. Realization hit me like a spark of coffee in the mid-afternoon. Wait a minute. You're not Carl. Where's Carl? He points a butter-soaked finger at a kid two aisles down. I skip the lineup, but a bearded guy beats me to the punch. Wait. He wasn't bearded. Not yet. The hair on his face was slightly too shy of a beard. It was scruff. About as scruffy as a person could look like before they started to look distinguished. Egads! It was counter-agent Maximum Scruff! Oi, Carl, milk dud. Can the lovely Lucinda Lovely use her lure to catch the microfish? Or will Maximum Scruff reel it in? Tune in next time to answer these questions and more in the next installment of The Adventures of the Lovely Lucinda Lovely Sacred Agent. Oh, this is so exciting. I wonder what will happen next.
I wonder why we always put our two-part stories at the beginning of these radio shows. Well, Philip, it's like I always say, it's best to start your day off with cereal. <laughs> oh, looks like someone's at the door, dear. Oh, it's our friends Jim and Jan Jembre with the community calendar. Let's find out what's happening at Jim Jembre Farms. Hi there, friends. This is Jim and Jan Jembre of Jim Jembre Farms, just beside Jocelyn on St. Joseph Island, welcoming you to attend our annual Jim Jembre Jamboree with Jim, Jan, and the whole fam. Last winter, we were able to fund the building of an invisible bridge between us with our frigid, dirigible, and didgeridoo to do between me and you. That's right. There's no better way to raise understanding in smidges than ditches on ridges while gliding over the ridges. Our blimp and bombast boomed over the burrow, bringing amusement and belonging to all our brethren. How can you beat building invisible bridges? By frolicking freely and feeding families. This year, our annual Jim Jimbre Jamboree with Jim Jam and the whole fan features Jimbays and pajamas. Have you ever wanted to jam out in your Jim Jams at a Jimba Jamboree? Well, now you can. And it won't just be us, Jim and Jan, but we're bringing in the whole fam. We'll be bringing in Joyce, who makes juice. The twins, Jan and John, who maintain our jaunty lawn. Jared, our resident jarhead. Jake, who plays jacks. Jack, who tells jokes. Jean, who drinks gin. Jerry, fresh off the jury. Jeffrey, I'm sorry, Joffrey. And George. Um, just George. If the drumming of dudes and damsels in their drawers and dreamwear from dusk to dawn deter your donation, don't dismay. We may have doubled down on dalliances, but we've also doubled down on discipline. For every dollar dropped, our drummers will devote a day to doling out delicacies downtown to the dainty Dickinsonian darlings that dance dejectedly due to diphtheria. Dang! So come on down to Jim Jembre Farms, where art grows better than corn and pays just about the same. Oh, Barry, did you find out what's going on with that delivery man? I did. You should know that the Thousand Island players have assembled in the green room downstairs. Who? A famous landmark in this area, dear, is the self-described Thousand Islands of the St. Lawrence River. And, for nearly 40 years, the Thousand Island Playhouse in Gananoque have been producing quality programming and entertainment for tourists and locals alike. Clearly, their playing company, the Thousand Island Players, have come to perform at our show. The Thousand Island Playhouse is pretty famous, but, uh... Clearly, they've even got a Wikipedia page. Oh, Philip, I love that we have multiple local legends on our program. But I was under the impression that Barry Ewan was our special guest this week. That's true. You did receive top billing at the start of the show. So, Barry, what do you have for us today? What about the Thousand Island players? They will just have to wait until we are ready for them. The stage is yours, Barry. Ding dong, ding dong, can you hear the bells go ding dong, ding? The bells are ringing for me and my gal. Birds are singing for me and my gal. 
everybody's been knowing to a wedding they're going and for weeks they've been sewing every Susie and Sam they're congregating for me and my gal the parson's waiting for me and my gal and someday I'm gonna build a little home for two or three or four or more in Loveland for me and my gal the bells are ringing for me and my gal the birds are singing for me and my gal sing it with me please everybody's been knowing to a wedding they're going and for weeks they've been so when something old something new something borrowed something blue so they can make a truce for my gal they're congregating for me and my gal the rabbi's waiting for me and my gal and someday I'm gonna build a little home for two or three or four or more in love land for me and my gal Thank you so much, Barry. Where can we hear more of your amazing tunes? Well, I think you have me penciled in to play a bit more later on in the show. That we did. And now, why not something completely different? And now, the most spectacular thing I have never seen. Francisco Foley's Flea Circus and Moth Eaten Menagerie! Hello, hello. I am Francisco Foley, and this is my flea circus. Where's the menagerie? Eaten by moths. I am Francisco Foley, and these are my fleas. They please me. May these fleas please you. First up, plucked from my doggy Rufus, I find Eugene Sandow, the world's strongest flea. A normal flea can carry 40 times its own weight. Eugene Sandow here can carry 40 fleas who are carrying 40 times their own weight. Not only that, but Eugene Sandow tap dances too. Up next, if you please, the fleas trapeze. As I speak, Lillian Fleetzel is climbing to the top tower. Her lover, Boo-Boo, is already in position, swinging on the trapeze on the other side of the circus. (gasps) There she goes. double fleep and listen to her howl in excitement. Her boo-boo never lets her down. For next trick, Lillian Fleetzel will be thrown three inches into the air only to reconnect to her lover. 
Now, three inches does not seem like much, but in flea years, it's three hundred feet. This is what we call death-defying, dog-biting excitement. There she goes. I would ask you to applaud, but... No, please, no. I would ask you to applaud, please, for applause, my fleas must perform something that no other common creature can scratch up. Baboo and Lillian will now do the trick. Radios and gentle listeners, this is a trick that legend states my grandfather had to sell his soul to learn. It is a trick only performed by either the desperate or the mad, and today I am both. Behold, I am removing the net. Boo-boo, you will now throw Lillian up into the air. Not three miles, not three kilometers, but three whole feet. Please, listeners, do not yell at your devices. I need total radio silence for this trick to happen. Flash photography is also dissuaded because, really, why are you taking a picture of your radio? As I have spoken, Baboo has gotten a fantastic speed with his beloved Lillian, knowing that every swing might be the last on Earth. Three, two, and she's off. Not three feet, not five feet, but all the way up. Radios and listeners, I have lost her in the lights. I hope that in his haste, Baboo did not throw Lillian into a light. For while fleas are very, very strong, circus lighting would turn your average flea acrobat into a crisp in no time flat. Ow! Philip, is it raining? Why would you ask that, my dear? I swear I just felt a raindrop hit my head. A singular flea-shaped raindrop. Hold it, madam. Your hair has become the crash mat of our Lillian Fleetzel. There's a flea in my hair. Oh, Philip, get the swatter. Now wait, your crush Lillian and your beautiful palm. Do you have a better idea? I do. Bring out our mad scientist flea, Augustus de Morgan. Ah, as it says in the famous poem. What poem? You don't know? In 1915, Augustus de Morgan wrote, Great fleas have little fleas on their backs to bite them, and little fleas have lesser fleas, and so on, ad finitum. And the great fleas themselves in turn have greater fleas to go on, while these again have greater still and greater still, and so on. Archaic poetry has nothing to do with how to get this flea acrobat out of my hair. Oh, contraire. It has everything to do with the flea in your hair. Augustus de Morgan is our mad scientist, and his science is mad enough to invent 
a shrink ray. You, madame, are too big. If you tried to extract the petite Lillian Flitzel, you would crush her. And the hopes and dreams of this circus with it. But if we shrink you to flea size, you will have the strength of a flea, and Lillian will be no problem. But won't shrinking Lucinda shrink the flea too? Oh no, the ray will only affect the two of you. Wait, what? Augustus, pull the lever! Oh no! Vegetarian. Lucinda, are you okay? I'm fine. Why? That flea just bounced off your head. I didn't feel a thing. Oh, wait. I do feel something. I feel so strong. Me too. The only time I feel this strong is after eating a full plate of generic brand canned ham. Speaking of which, what's that over there? It looks like a diving apparatus made out of an empty generic brand canned ham tin. Oh, Philip, do you think fleas high dive? Up next, flea high diving featuring loop De Louis, the acrobatic diving flea. Maestro, please, music for my fleas. All this acrobatics is making me hungry. Me too. I wonder what there is to eat. Generic bread, canned ham. What a delightful treat. Oh, Philip, this morsel is shrinking. That's because it's delicious. Oh, but I think instead we're growing. It's the ham. It's got too big of a flavor for flea-sized you and me. Oh, Philip, we're back to normal. The day is saved thanks to generic brand canned ham. Yes, friends, generic brand canned ham is a real day saver. Packed with vitamins and a big flavor, parents at home love it. They simply open up a can and the family comes running to dinner. Try it today with generic brand canned beets and potatoes for a memorable meal that won't break the bank. On days when you just can't stand it, those are the times you generic brand it. What an adventure. Oh, Philip, I love the medium of radio. 
Think of all the thousands of acts that go better when you can't see them happening. That reminds me. Let's bring those thousand island players up here and see what they have to show us. Hear what they have to play us. Radio, dear. I'm afraid, Philip and Lucinda, we must go to them. Why? Are they not ready to perform? Oh, I assure you, they are assembled and ready to play. You keep using that word, assembled. They aren't some kind of superhero franchise, are they? Oh, no. They are too much this show for that. Follow me. Before they perform, Philip and Lucinda, they need you to sign here, and here, and here. All right. Done. May I present to you the Thousand Island Player Pianos! Announcer? Yes? What was that you just had us sign? A transfer of ownership for a thousand player pianos. Congratulations! Our producers tell me that the pianos must leave the premises by the end of the show, or else you will be charged one dollar for every key on every piano. That's too much math! Barry, you know people around town. Do you think you could use your contacts to help us offload a plethora of player pianos? I'll do my best. Uh, what will you do while I'm gone? The next act, of course. Puns upon a time. This week, it's our take on the classic fairy tale, Jack and the Beanstalk. Call into the station to let us know how many cheesy puns you caught. Congratulations to little Mariah Horner, who last week correctly deciphered 19 puns about ballpoint pens. And now, puns upon a time. We call this pun Jack and the Bovine. Dairy beloved, we have gathered here to hay because we heard of the pasteurization of our beloved giant, Albert the Beef, who met cheeses after becoming Wagyu by falling from a bovine. He leaves behind his wife, Bree, and their only child, Angus. Due to a recent misfortune involving a Limburglar from Monterey named Jack, this family is grateful for any cheddar that you can skim from your wallet this holiday season. It is said that the murderer of our beloved Albert only came up to our giant's calf, but size can be deceptive. You see, this Jack had lost his way. Never a part of the 1%, Jack grew up in a cottage with his mother, a poor milkmaid. Perhaps this is why, feeling blue, Jack led his cow to market where he met a charlatan from Munster claiming to be a holy man of Swiss origin. This charlatan traded the cow for some butter beans and the rest, as they say, is history laid burn. Now, I have heard you bellowing. That monster had to climb up into his sky to commit crimes in our homes. 
And I must admit, it is easy to believe terrible things about someone when you can literally look down upon them. However, it does not behoove us to blame people below our feet for steering us into misfortune. Had Albert simply taken up his ox and chopped down the bovine when it peaked above the clouds, Jack could have never milked Albert of his fortune and ultimately his life. So please, my brethren, use this as a cautionary tale. If you don't maintain your garden, utter destruction will be at hand. And now for the thrilling conclusion of the adventures of the lovely Lucinda Lovely secret agent. When we last left, the lovely Lucinda Lovely was disguised as a tough-talking dame from the 1940s on assignment to obtain top-secret Swedish microfiche. But unfortunately for her, counter-agent Maximum Scruff has beaten her to the punch. Milk dud! Scruff was mucking up my mark and leaving me in the muck. I couldn't have him leaving the theater with the microfiche. But how? This movie theater is no place for a spy-style martial arts mojo. It's not a casino, either. So winning them at a high-stakes game of Go Fish simply wasn't in the cards. There was only one way out of this concession standoff. I would have to seduce that microfish off my scruffy rival. They don't call me the lovely Lucinda Lovely for nothing. To get the fish back, I would need to play coy. I don't see a dud here. If anything, I see a stud. A milk And what do we got here? Well, well, well. A junior mix. You, me, an extra large popcorn and two tickets to the show. What do you say? Well, I can't resist a show. Carl, butter us some popcorn. Hey, how'd you know his name was Carl? Carl with a K is statistically the most popular boy's name in Sweden. Hey! How'd you know he was Swedish? Rat. I had spoiled my flirtation and soiled my infiltration. I needed to get the goods and leave. I needed to eye my bet, bat my eye, and bring him to batting practice. I'm right here next to you. I can hear you monologuing. (gasps) Wait. I recognize you. You aren't just a tough-talking dame from the 1940s. You're one of them... Secret agents? From the Agency of Secrets. You heard of the Candy Gram? Yeah. We call this the Candy Scram. Yoink! Oi! Get back here! We beat feet around those cinematic halls as I try my best to avoid scruffy pursuits. Out of the lobby, through the screening room, across the aisle, over the chairs. Finally, he had me cornered in the projection booth. I said, dangling the box of candy towards the projector. One step closer, and I'll destroy it. I fished out the microfiche and held it towards the arc light projector. Go ahead, secret agent. 
If you put light through that film, you'll expose all them hipsters to all them top secrets. A thing an agent of the secret agency of secrets would never do. Now, as a counter-agent, I'm gonna make you a counter-offer. No, I'll make you a counter-offer. And I threw that box of milk duds all across the projection room floor. If you don't tell the chief, I'll share with you a little secret. Much as the secret agents are compelled to keep secrets, counter-agents are compelled to count anything thrown at them. So with the scruff occupied with his calculations, I made my way past and safely home. I slip out of my disguise. And I was sitting in front of a roaring and perfectly destructive fire, minding my own business, binding my own missness, and missing my blindness, when my hubby came home from his job selling serving tables to restaurants. Hello, love. Oh, hello, dear. How was work today? A rough one, honestly. Oh, you poor thing. Here, sit beside me and have some junior mints. My favourite. How'd you know? Oh, Philip, that's just going to have to be my little secret. LLP present a minute of minutia, showing you that anything can be made interesting with the appropriate amount of enthusiasm. This week, we continue with our series of minute-long excerpts from the Little Brown Handbook, 3rd Canadian Edition, by H. Ramsey Fowler, Jane E. Aaron, and Murray MacArthur. Take it away, Philip and Lucinda. Chapter 25 other punctuation marks, section 25D, brackets. Use brackets only within quotations to indicate your own comments or changes. If you need to explain, clarify, or correct the words of the writer you quote, place your additions in a pair of brackets. That Petro-Canada station... Open bracket! Just outside Toronto... Closed bracket! ...is one of the busiest places in the nation a company spokesperson. Also, use brackets if you need to alter the capitalization of a quotation so that it will fit into your sentence. See also chapter 26, capitalization sections A-B for further information. This has been a minute of minutia, brought to you by Pi and Lunford LLP. Pi and Lunford Wanting you to know, lawyers don't have to be boring to be good. Philip and Lucinda, I've been all over Kingston. Ah, Barry, have you found homes for our player pianos? <laughs> I'm afraid not. Uh, not even Balzac's coffee would take one or three. Oh, no! I'm sure we can think of something. Barry, can you entertain these folks for a while? 
I think I can do that. Gone is the romance that was so divine It's broken and cannot be mended You must go your way and I will go mine Now that our love dreams have ended What'll I do? When you are far away And I feel blue What'll I do? What'll I do When I am wondering Who is kissing you? What'll I do? What'll I do with just a photograph to tell my troubles to? When I'm alone with only dreams of you that won't come true, what'll I do? What'll I do with just a photograph to tell my troubles to? When I'm alone with only dreams of you that won't come true, what'll I do? I'm alone with only dreams of you that won't come true. What'll I do? What'll I do? What'll I do? Thank you so much, Barry. I can tell you had this audience spellbound with your musical gifts. Oh, it was my pleasure. Uh, did you have any luck finding any of those pianos at home? We did. Jim and Jan Jembray from Jinjembre Farm wanted the whole kit and caboodle. Yes. It just so happens that their next project will be a passion play featuring player pianos and potato projections specifically for parents and their pets. How convenient. <laughs> There's only one thing left to do on this radio show. Take it away, announcer. This has been the Philip and Lucinda radio show. Thank you to our special guest, Barry Ewan, our sound technician, John Sanfilippo, our director, Anthony D.P. Band, our team at the Grand Salto Theater. Thank you to everyone at CFRC, the Cellar Door Project, and the Shortwave Theater Festival. The song Synthetic Fiber Rag was composed by Ben Cook Phelps. Check out more of his music at bencookphelps.com and his band camp. 
I'm Philip Lovely. And I'm Lucinda Lovely. And if our son Reginald is at home listening in, remember, hair gel and toothpaste are not the same thing. <laughs> Good, Good night! night.